Merkel Media. I guess it's time to go back in time. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Time is but a stubborn illusion. I have a lot of memories of the past. People are time traveling within themselves. Time travel is possible. And the thing took one hand, grabbed on, stuck one foot into the tree on the bottom, and was hanging on the top of that tree with one arm hanging and one leg hanging like a Tarzan move. And then it just jumped off, went tree to tree to tree to tree to tree away from me. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Okay, I'll reload it. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy and wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. You can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. Friends, if you want more of The Confessionals on a weekly basis, just go to theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the join button and be Become a member because when members become members, they get access to membership episodes every Thursday. They get access to the overtime segments and they get access to the Tuesday shows ad free on the app. So if you want all the perks that being a member offers, go to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member and you'll get access to all the goodies. Now, friends, we are in uncertain times. So you want to make sure you and your family are prepared and good to go. So go to prepare with the confessionals.com. That's prepare with the confessionals. And there you can get yourself emergency supply food and survival gear that will last you up to 25 years on the shelf. That's some great value for you, friends. And in these times, you just want to make sure everything's good to go on your front, the home front. So if that interests you and you want to make sure you guys are good to go, go to prepare with theconfessionals.com. You'll be able to get everything you need in survival situations right there. Now, I just want to let you know before we get into this week's show, next week's show, we're doing a reversal. So next week on Tuesday, we're dropping 
dropping the member show. And then next week on Thursday, we're dropping the public show. And you'll understand why next week we're doing this. I'm not going to spoil it now, but next week's episodes are lots of fun. It's a different kind of week next week, and I'm really looking forward to it. And I know you guys are going to love it. But this week's show is a jaw dropper, friends. It's a jaw dropper. We have Emmett coming on the show today. And the first hour, he shares a lot of great stories, including this time where he was hunting and saw a white dog man. He describes what he looked at, what it looked like, what it did, which was absolutely phenomenal. This is a fantastic interview you're about to hear, but the overtime we did with Emmett is a top five story we've ever done on the confessionals in five years. I promise you, I could not believe what I heard Emmett tell me in the overtime. And the reason why I can't share it with you on the public side is because Emmett asked for it to be private to protect some identities of people that he was talking about. But this overtime, I'm telling you, is a all-time episode in and of itself. Let's listen to a trailer for this coming overtime with Emmett, and then we'll get into this conversation for the first hour with Emmett. But I'm telling you, friends, it is a jaw dropper. Let's get to Emmett right now. Growing up, I went to a summer camp almost every year from the time I was like 10 years old. And as time goes on, you get out of the camping age. And at that point, you I was be able to go on to be um, like, they call it teen service at that camp, where you kind of go, you help out, clean dishes, wash things, clean stuff, you know. Um, and then after that, I got to be a counselor. And camp for me was always fun. It was always great. And for the years I worked there, it was great too. But this story, man, is something else. And so we had a kid in our cabin. His name was Zachary. Zachary, Zachary, Zachary. So we're sitting in our cabin. We're getting ready to go to pool time. Zachary comes over. He's like, what's a sorcerer? And I was like, well, you know, it kind of depends in what the context is. Like, if we're talking like Harry Potter, that's one thing. But are you? And Zachary looks up at him. He's like, well, I was just wondering, could the sorcerer summon demons? If someone was a sorcerer, how would they be able to get like the demons to like talk to talk them talk and stuff? Um, that day they packed us a like picnic lunch, right? And so they had enough food for the kids to have like some carrots and PB and J and stuff. And I'm handing out the, the carrots and Zachary's there and I put some carrots on his plate and he's like, I want some more carrots. I was like, well, buddy, go ahead, finish what you got. When you're done, I'll give you more, you know? He's like, I want more carrots now. And so we go throughout lunch and I look over and Zachary hasn't touched a single carrot there. And I woke up like, Zach, listen, you got to finish those carrots, buddy. You asked for them. You took them. You got to finish them. He looks at me. He's like, no, I don't want to finish the carrots. The day goes on. He misses pool time. We get to dinner. I'm standing in line and I'm behind this kid. 
and he looks over and there the you know the lunch lady is handing out the uh, uh, macaroni salad and she gives him a scoop of salad and he looks back at me he looks at her and says I want another scoop I was like whoa Zach listen we just went through this let's not let's not do this again okay let's take one scoop and he's like I want another scoop I'm like listen if you take a scoop and you don't eat it you're not gonna have dessert we're eating and I look over and the kid hasn't touched a single bite of macaroni salad and I'm like Zachary come on guy eat the salad man and he, he's looking down his plate he's like I don't feel like it and Josh looks over like Zachary, you gotta eat your salad. And he looks down, he's like, I don't want to. I look up, I'm like, Zachary, eat your macaroni salad, okay? He looks up, he looks at Justin, he looks at me, he just goes, no. And right then, I blacked out. The day continues, kids are just going nuts. And uh, it was just, man, at that point, we were just ready for this week to be over. It was just bad. And Zachary was like the ringleader and all. Like he, uh, if like we told the kids, all right, guys, we're going to go do this activity. He'd be like, none of us want to do that, right, kids? And the kids would be like, well, I guess so. Or, you know, just they'd, they'd follow after what he was doing. At the end of the day on Friday, what we would do is before we would go to dinner, and then afterwards, after dinner, they go to like the awards ceremony. We'd all clean the cabin together. Each kid would have to clean his area, clean up his bedding, get everything packed, sweep the floor, stuff like that. And no one was doing anything. And Zachary's sitting up on his bed. He's sitting up there. He's got his legs crossed and he looks around. All the kids doing stuff. He's like, everybody, come around me. All the kids just stopped. And when they sat on the floor around his bunk in a little like horseshoe around it, he says, God has shown me that we have not been obedient this week. He's shown me that we need to be more respectful. Now, I was just saying this, there was this little kid in the group. His name was Kyle. And he leans down and he's laying on his back on the floor with his legs crossed, so he's just flat out on the floor. And Zachary goes, Kyle, sit up. And Kyle goes, I don't want to. Zachary points at him and says, Kyle, sit. And I saw that kid just shoot straight up. And Zachary goes, all right, guys, now let's clean this cabin. And the kids all go, yay. And it was like, it's like something out of a Disney movie, man. These kids like, pick up their brooms and they're sweeping away and they're tucking their beds and they're folding their clothes and everything. And he's looking around and he's giving them little directions like, all right, Nate, go ahead and sweep that corner. And he goes, okay, Zach. And me and Josh were just looking at him like, what's going on? Like we told these kids to clean. They weren't doing a thing. Now you have this little like eight year old tell them to clean and they're hopping right to it. And he's like, Nathan, sweep over there. Hey, Matthew, Go ahead and roll up that sleeping bag. You got it, buddy. He's walking around, he's or he's sitting up there giving everyone instruction. And he looks over, and in the bunk next to mine was that day camper, right? The one who would stay overnight with his mom. 
And Zachary looks at him and he goes, Hey, you need to, you need to clean. And Ethan looks at him and is like, I don't want to clean. And Zachary says, Ethan, I told you to clean. And right then I'm like, oh, okay, hold on, Zachary. And I stand up. Zachary looks at Ethan. He looks at me and he smiles, points at Ethan and just yells, kill him. All the kids drop their brooms, drop what they're doing and just start going, kill him, kill him, kill him. And they rush Ethan. All right, today we got a great guest coming on. Emmett, how are you, sir? Man, I'm doing great, Tony. How you doing? Ah, uh, man, I'm doing good. Hey, Emmett, knock, knock. Who's there? I eat mop. I eat mop who? Hey. Huh. Huh. Oh. <laughs> tell me you're a dad without telling me you're a dad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've been wanting to get somebody with that and I just remembered now so I got you. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, maybe I'll make some knock-knock jokes for future shows too. Who knows. But uh Emmett man, you got a lot of different experiences. Uh, we already discussed this. We are going to do an overtime show with you today because uh, the last story you have, one, it's super duper long, you said. And two, you want to have it, you know, a little bit more privatized because of the things that we're going to be talking about. So yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's that, and that's fine with me. Um, it's kind of what overtime's for sometimes, you know. Uh, that's right. So, but we're going to start off and just do chronological order per tradition of the show. Uh, the reason why I do that is because I feel like for me as the interviewer and probably the audience too, when you get to hear somebody's life story with the paranormal in chronological order, it helps to draw a picture of how their life unfolded for them. Uh, for instance, uh, I, I just posted a show or I'm going to be posting a show later tonight. Um, possibly I might even post it while this was recording because it's so late, <laughs> but uh, it's all set to go. I just got to publish it. Uh, but it's a member show and, uh, it, I, I called it something like um, uh, paranormal life of a sensitive. And the guy that I was talking to, uh, it became very apparent throughout the show where he's telling his life story that he seems very sensitive to the other side. It was a yeah. lot of, it was a lot of different uh, random, not random, but different categories of things happening to him. But it just like, seems like, one thing for me was very clear that he senses things that a lot of people don't sense. And so, um, I have no idea where I was going with that. <laughs> I have no idea where I was going with that. But, uh, the, the chronological makes the whole picture. Yes. There it is. That's what it is. I so, <laughs> so that's why I do that. Uh, Emmett, you saved the show. You, you saved the show. Uh, so take it away for us, man. Talk to us about, uh, the, the shadow figure that you saw as a kid and then walk us through how life unfolded for you, man. Yeah. So, um, kind of starting out to give a little background. My parents split up when I was a kid, you know, I was really young and, uh, I went between the two parents house throughout the week. They got split custody. And, um, this story takes place when I was about seven years old. And at this time I was living at, um, my stepdad's house with my mom. And 
nothing, nothing like this had ever happened before. Like, you know, I'd never seen weird things as like a little, little kid. And like, you know, my parents never had stories of me seeing things like that. And so that all being said, I'm sleeping in my room right now, one night. And, um, you know, as a kid, I was always kind of afraid of the dark and to kind of combat that, um, in my room to the right of my bed, I had a desk with a computer on it and that computer, you know, it always had, um, a screensaver on it that would run the time across. So, you know, you wake up, you can look over and it let off enough light, but it's always running across the time across the screen at all times. And, um, one night. I wake up and it's quiet in the house. No one's awake. It, it, it was late, late. And I'm sitting there and my bed is facing where my, my door is like directly in front of me to my left. And it's a hallway that goes down to the like main area of the house. And I look down the hallway and I kind of see some like movement in the shadow and given there's no lights on out there, like they didn't have any night lights in the hallway or anything like that. So it's just pitch black and I'm looking, my eyes are adjusting and I keep seeing this, this thing and it's coming closer and closer to my room. And so the light from my room starts um, wafting to where it's about to where it is. And I look and there's this, this mass, it's this black mass that's goes all the way up to the top of my door frame. And it looked blacker than like the black of the hallway. It almost looked like, I don't, almost like purplish, if that makes sense. Like if, you know, when you're a kid, you close your eyes, if you like push on your eyes, it will kind of change the colors a little bit. Yeah, It, it had like that effect to it. And, and you could see it was like a silhouette where it had like a, like a main body torso and where shoulders would be and came up to like, almost like a hood, if that makes sense. And I'm looking at this thing, my eyes are adjusting to it. I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, you know, am I still asleep? Am I seeing this? And I'm, I like look over to my computer, I look back and it's still there on my doorway and I see it and it turns and it goes up towards my stepsister's room. And I'm just sitting there like, what, what did I just see? And I started getting a little bit freaked out, but also feeling a little bit relieved. Cause like, well, whatever it was, it's not there anymore. I'm good. And so I kind of like get back to my, under my covers and everything. And I open up my eye again. I look and the things inside of my doorway and, um, I'm watching it. And I, I was laying on my back. I had my covers pulled up to my eyes like this. And I'm watching it and it's going around the foot of my bed. And it comes over next to my bed in front uh, where my computer was. And that's the moment I realized like this. I'm not imagining this. This is real because I looked over and you could still see the number of the time flash behind it. And it would block out the rest of the number. And it was just like flooded with fear. And I remember I looked over, I saw the time flashing and I look up at it and it starts bending over my bed, just slowly coming down towards my face. 
and I have my, my covers up. I pull them over my head and I peek back and still coming down further, further. And I remember my mom had said, if you ever see anything creepy, say Jesus' name and it will go away. And um, I was like, it just popped in my mind. So I just said, Jesus and thing flipped back up and just out of my room. And I was laying there in my bed for a minute. Like what, what, what did I just see? You know? And I got the courage and I got out of my bed, ran downstairs to my mom's room. I was like, Hey, uh, mom. And I told her about it. And she's like, well, you did the right thing. You know? So it was nice to like have my mom affirm that I wasn't crazy. But so she prayed with me and stuff. And um, I went back to bed and went back to sleep. Did you ever, so, did you ever like ask your mom why she would warn you of something like that? Did she ever have an experience that made her feel like she needed to warn her son that if you ever saw anything creepy, how to handle it? You know, back then, I, I wouldn't have thought about that, but you know, you know, I'm a lot older now, obviously. And you know, I've talked to my mom a lot more and I think so. I think that she probably had some experiences because I know that she, um, she's had experiences in the past. Um, so I think that might be something that she had known from experience maybe. Okay. But, um, so to continue my, um, the week goes on. I didn't see anything else at my stepdad's house. And uh, came partway through the week, and it's time to go to my dad's. And so um, at my dad's house, I always slept with the door open. And um, I remember it was my first night back at his house. And I had a bunk bed there, and there was a nightlight in my room. And it lit up the room pretty good. And I was asleep. and woke up, middle of the night. And I look at my doorway. And that thing, the same, that dark, blacker than black, just shadow is standing right outside my door. And I looked at it and I just, again, just scared out of my mind. And I was like, well, it worked once, it'll work again. So I said, Jesus, nothing happened. I was like, Jesus' name, go away. Nothing happened. And it just... And it just stood there in the doorway, kind of like, you know, paranormal activity, like moving around a little bit, but it was just, it just stayed there for hours. And I didn't, I just sat there in my bed watching it. And a few hours must've gone by because it wasn't until we had some like uh, big windows in our living room and that light would come through to where the bedrooms were. And right when the first like glimpse of sunlight came through, it dissipated. I remember I got up out of my bed, grabbed my pillow, grabbed my blanket, and ran to the living room where that sunlight was coming. And I just sat on the couch and just stayed there. Cause I'm like, if, if the sunlight makes it go away, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay where the sunlight is, you know? Yeah. And um that just that it kept on happening. Um it, and what's what's odd is I didn't see it again at my mom's house, um, but I did see it again several times at my dad's house. Never came into my room. Always stay at my doorway, but I'd wake up specifically right around three o'clock in the morning and that thing would stay there 
to like four, four thirty when the first glimpse of sunlight would come up and then would just disappear. And I remember like going back to my mom and telling her about it. And she told me that she had seen the same thing after I'd had already like had that first experience and everything and gone between the houses one or two times. She told me that one night she woke up and that thing was standing in her room. And she said that what she did is she stood up, looked at it and said, in the name of Jesus, stay away from me, stay away from my family. And it disappeared. And so, and now looking back on it, that's probably why might be why I never saw it again at my stepdad's house, but I kept seeing it and this was going on for probably about two weeks or so. And, um, this was, this was in the summer and every summer my dad, um, he would take us and another family would come with us too. And we'd go to Cape Cod to go camping and just like regular tent camping there. And so I knew that was coming up in a few days and I was so excited. I'm like, okay, we're going to Cape Cod. I'm not going to like, this thing's obviously not going to come camping with me. So I'm going to like not have to deal with this and maybe I can, you know, figure out a way to get it to go away. I don't know. Like I was just, I just didn't know what to do because I was already telling it to go away and it wouldn't. And so we get to Cape Cod. Right. And, um, we, the, our two families, we had like six kids between the two families. And so, you know, the parents would stay in a tent with like, uh, one of the little kids and my parents would stay in their tent. And then, um, in the tent that I had, uh, it was me in the middle, my buddy, Jake next to me and my sister on the other side. And, um, I remember we had been there for like two out of the five days that we were going to be tent camping. And, um, you know, if you've been tent camping before, you know, that the places are lit up with these big fluorescent lights, you know, light up the roadways. If you need to go walk and find, you know, the restroom in the middle of the night or something, you can see your way. And so I, um, I wake up one night. And it's dead quiet outside and I'm kind of just looking around and um, I notice that there's something blocking out the light on my tent. And I'm looking, I'm like, what is, is there like, I thought maybe there was like one of the adults had gone up was, I don't know, in a snack or coming back from the bathroom or something but it wasn't moving. And I'm looking, I'm like, what is this? And it's, and it's big, like it's the size of like a tall adult. And so I, we have, you know, those flaps that you can pull down and you can see like through the screen mesh. And so I kind of moved the flap and I look and that same just black shadow thing is standing outside the tent behind the tent. And I, I, I freaked out. And I started shaking my sister. I'm like, Nina, Nina, get up. Nothing. And I start, I start going to shake Jake and he's not getting up. He's not waking up. And I started punching. I, I'm, I'm punching him there. I'm like, Jake, Jake, get up. And nothing. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I can see the shadow 
moving around the side of my tent. And it comes to the front of the tent. And I, I, I remember I stood up and moved to the back of the tent. I'm just watching this thing, the shadow in front of the tent. And I start to see the zipper on the tent start to unzip. It's just slowly coming down. You know, when it's when the when the tent's being unzipped, it just starts folding in. The door starts folding in. So this thing is unzipping, and just little by little, the door is folding down. And I'm looking. I'm seeing this this thing that's like absorbing the light outside, and it's just it's moving. the The, the zipper is physically moving down the tent, and. For a split second, I thought, like, if this thing comes into this tent, like, it's it's not just me here. It's my sister and my friend. And I don't know what it was. Something snapped. And I went from being terrified to just mad. And I remember I stood up. Or I was already standing. And I just looked. And I pointed out this thing. And now the, the tent door is, like, halfway open. And I just pointed out it. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you stay away from me. You stay away from my family and I rebuke you and it just <laughs> disappeared. The door's still hanging open and like the, the wind's coming through, it's blowing in and, and I look and I kind of peered out the, the door and there's nothing there. And I looked out the back and there's no shadow or anything. And I just, I just felt like peace. You know, and I just like felt like whatever it was was actually gone this time. And so I, I zipped up the tent, went back to sleep, and to this day never haven't seen it again. Wow. Wow. Did <laughs> when you were yelling like that, nobody woke up at all? So they just stepped they kept sleeping? No one. And I and I remember I, I, I talked to them the next day. I'm like, like, did you guys not like feel me shaking you because like i wasn't just like you know giving them little nudges or anything i'm like i'm like shaking them and they wouldn't wake up wow so what do you think that the difference was between that time and previous times where it didn't work do you think it was the emotion behind it the intent i think so um i think well one thing that's interesting is and I don't know, I don't know how, uh, how it all works, but the first time that I said Jesus' name, it was in my room. You know, I commanded to leave and it left. Or I didn't command to leave, I said Jesus' name and it left. But all the other times at my dad's house, it never came into my room. So I don't know if maybe that was part of it that, like, if it was like in my space, my domain, something that was like belonged to me, I could cast it out. But since it was like in my dad's house, Maybe it didn't have the same like gumption behind it, but also I think part of it too is that you know when I was at my dad's house trying to get this thing to go, I was saying it out of fear. But when I was in the campground and I told it to go, I was saying it out of I don't want to say anger is the right word, like righteous rage. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it it wasn't like me cowering underneath it's you know fear over me or it's power over me it was me standing up to it if that makes sense yeah it was more authoritative yes yeah, that's a good way to put it okay yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'll tell you, man. And how old were you when that happened at the camp? It was like seven. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. No thanks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seven years old, my lord. I, 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 did it scar you? I mean, did it, did, was it something like, I know you said you felt this peace, but like did, moving forward, did you have these thoughts in your head like, I'm just waiting for it to return? Yeah. You know, it, it for a long time it did when I was a kid. When I got older, it kind of more became, you know, just an interesting story to tell. I was just like far away in the past. And even now, you know, it's, it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not worried about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. But back then, you know, especially when my mom told me that she had seen it too, that really, really freaked me out. But, yeah. but I never saw it again. So I imagine as a, even as a kid, though, it's got to be refreshing in a sense to know that mom saw it, too. So, yeah, you know, and which was which is interesting because like um, my, my parents were kind of polar opposite where my mom, she was uh, went to Pentecostal church, was very charismatic. But my dad, he went to like a very reformed church. And so when I would bring these things up to him, he'd be like, uh, I wouldn't say he wouldn't say they don't exist, but it doesn't happen now. You know what I mean? It's not for today. So yeah, exactly. So it was nice to, you know, have a parent there that, you know, didn't just believe me, but had also experienced it as well. So let's move on to these dreams you had as a kid with your grandfather. Um, I'm assuming they happened after this situation. Yeah. So these started happening when I was like, um, 11 or 12 years old after my grandfather had passed. And, um, I, I love my grandfather. He was like, he was awesome. He was like the picturesque, like kind, gentle man who, you know, was uh Jack of all trades. He would, you know, play with us, build things with us. He was just, he was the best grandfather was. And, um, and when, it, after he passed away, I, I missed him. I missed him a lot. And, um, and the first time this dream happened, I remember, um, I was asleep, you know, obviously I was dreaming, but if it was one of those dreams that just felt like tangible, like I knew I was there in the dream. Cause in general, I usually don't remember my dreams. So when I do, you know, there's something like specific about it. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. And so I remember I'm, I'm in the stream. And I'm sitting in my grandparents' living room. And my grandpa, he always had this, this nice chair that he would sit in that it was a wooden chair that had like um lion heads carved into the handles of it. And it was it was a it was a dope chair. It's pretty cool. And I'm sitting there, I look over, and my grandpa's sitting in the chair. I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay, cool. And he looks over to me and goes, Emmett, how you doing, kiddo? I missed you. And, and so I went over, I talked to him. He asked me like how things were going with school. He asked, you know, how I, you know, how my sister has been, what's been going on with the family, stuff like that. And, um, and I, I talked to him for, for a time. And at the end, he's like, all right, kiddo. Well, I miss you. I love you. And, um, I'll, I'll see you again. I was like, okay. And, and I woke up 
and it was it was weird. I woke up and it, and it just felt like you know I had been able to make that like a connection that I hadn't been able to make in a long time. And um, time went by, maybe about you know six or seven months. And I started thinking about that dream more and more because, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Bible believing Christian. And one thing it says in James is that it's a point of a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. And so I'm, I'm a believer that, you know, when someone dies, you know, they, they don't remain on the earth. They, they don't, you know, their, their spirit, you know, doesn't stay here. And so One night I'm asleep and I'm that same spot. I'm in my grandparents' uh, living room again. And I look at my grandfather, he's sitting in the, uh, he's sitting in his chair. And I got, I got really excited because like in, in my, in my dream, I remembered that I had talked to him previously, you know, and it says the same thing. Hey, Emmett, how's it going, kiddo? How have you been? And I walk over to his chair. I'm standing there and I start talking to him like, it's, it's been great. You know, things have been good. I just started at a new school. So I was telling him about that. And then something in the back of my head, it's like, it's a point a man wants to die after this the judgment. And right when I thought that, I was like, hold on a second. You're dead. And if the Bible's true, how are you talking to me right now? And when I said that, he looked up at me. And his eyes just went black. And he looks at me and he just gets this big teethy grin across his face and just goes, you're not supposed to ask those questions. And he lunges at me and I woke up. I was like, what, what the heck is that? You know? And I, it, it, I, I didn't go back to sleep that night. It, it messed me up. Like, like what seeing, seeing like someone, you know, so well, like I, I know my grandfather's face. I know his, his beard. I know his nose. You know what I mean? I've seen it for my whole upbringing and to see that face suddenly just morph into something different. It was just, it was just terrifying. And man, it it's continued. Even I think the last time I've had this dream was probably about three or four years ago where I'll, I'll be in a dream and I'll suddenly be in my grandfather's living room and I'll, he'll say the same thing. Emmett, how's it going, kiddo? I've missed you. And we'll start talking and I'll be in a conversation with him. And then all of a sudden that recollection, my, that recollection will be there of either, you know, you're dead. You can't be here. What are you? And every single time that face will morph and he'll lunge at me and I'll wake up. And so it's just, I don't know, man, dreams, dreams are a weird place. They certainly are. They certainly are. Uh, and, and that's, it's such a, it's grounds that you're walking on that you just don't know how to totally define. So, cause like one part of it is, Hey, 
you're dreaming, you're, you're sleeping. This is your imagination. Yeah. It's not real. Uh, and then there's other parts. And especially if, if you're a, a Christian, uh, if it, well, I don't know how many Christians actually read the old Testament these days, but <laughs> if you, if you read, if you, if you read the book, uh, there's plenty of times that dreams hold significant weight. And that's right. And, uh, so with that in mind, let me ask you, do you think that this was simply a dream that you just can't shake your whole life? Or do you think that there is something more, uh, what you would, I'm, I'm assuming you're, would define it as demonic then coming to yeah. you. Uh, and how does, how does it, how do you reconcile that within your own head where it's like, are demons visiting me in my head? Like, how do you think about all that? You know, this is kind of the way that I look at it. And this is also kind of stance I take on the whole idea of aliens and everything as well. Is that, you know, the concept of ghosts, someone remaining here afterwards, in this case, like with my grandfather being here beyond death, is specifically there to question the validity of scripture and what happens after you die. And so I think that those things happen to um, maybe gauge where I'm at in my belief, if that makes sense to see like, Hey, no, maybe if we convince him that his grandfather is still here, he'll, you know, not believe in heaven or hell. You know what I mean? That there's something else, a different option. And so I think that's what it boils down to that. It was demonic to there to, question and maybe too and the the conversations that first conversation it was in depth so maybe it was something you know like probing to find a weakness or something that you know like an emotional area in my life that you know could be easily attacked or something but yeah man i don't know when you say how did it come into my head i i think it's kind of going back to dreams you know I think that uh, when you're when you're asleep, when you're dreaming, you are much more prone to um, see into a different realm, a different dimension. You know what I mean? And so, I don't think it was in my head. I think that you know, wherever my consciousness was, this thing was there too. If that makes sense? No, it it this all makes sense because it's it's all trippy and and i, I, I <laughs> yes. like I, I like exploring the the thoughts behind these things and you know seeing where people stand on it and what are your thoughts because i've heard so many different people's interpretation as to what happens when we're sleeping with our our mindset uh it, it, some some people's theories like just boggle my mind I'm just like holy crap that's crazy yeah man <laughs> uh, but i tell you the i feel like i, I feel like i say this a lot but I'm sitting here listening to you tell that story, and one, I I got chills. Uh, I like when you said he leaned in and said that to you. Um, I got chills. But the I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like knowing who I am and what my sleep is, which is I've said before in the show, I don't remember my dreams. I, I just yeah. don't. Uh, the only time, like you said, the only time I remember dreams is usually when it's pretty significant where uh there there's and it's usually something evil like the last dream that i remember i might even said this on the show uh recently i don't remember but uh the last dream i remember uh i think it happened 
at least since my daughter's been born, she's, uh, how old is she? 10 months old. Uh, I remember I I was sleeping, like literally I'm, I'm sleeping, but in my dream, I wake up and I go downstairs and I walk over to the side door of my house and we have a, a blind that you just pull down. And if you wanted to go up, you just kind of lift it and it retracts itself. Yeah. And oh, it always sounds creepy. This is bad. <laughs> I, we have a, a storm door that we put on that door as well. Past couple of years. And I'm, I, I don't even think I, I walked down. I think I, I, I want, I just kind of want if the way I'm remembering it now. Um, I just remember appearing before that door. Yeah. And the blind just flies up. And on the other side of the storm door is this shadow figure of a man or a woman. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it just it, it, a, a, a man as in human. Uh, yeah. It's like a, 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 some kind of being all blacked out and shadow. But I had this sense that it was wearing like a, almost like a hoodie or something. And, uh, and it was just standing there, like existing, peering into my home right at me. Like, it, like, I don't remember seeing a face, but I had this sense that it was staring at me and I shot up awake. Yeah. Another time, shortly after my son was born, the way my work schedule was at that time, I was getting up at like five o'clock in the morning to be at work at six. And so I slept on the couch for the better part of I don't know, six months, eight months, because he was sleeping in the bedroom. My alarm would go off. You don't want to wake him up. That's right. So I'm sleeping on the couch, and it was the first night that I slept on the couch. I fell asleep, and I, I couldn't have been asleep too long. And I just had this dream that there was something stomping up the basement stairs. It, that was coming into my kitchen. And I, in my dream, I'm laying on the couch and it slams the door open and I'm in the living room. Like in my dream, I'm laying on the couch where I am actually laying. And it slams the door open, comes around the corner into my into my living room. And it's like a human figure, but it's all static, like a like TV static. And it's huge. Yeah. And I, I snap out awake and I jump off my couch and I run to the middle of my living room floor, like in a defensive stance, like, uh, I, I, like uh, complete confusion, you know? Yeah. And, um, and there's other times I remember dreams, but those are two recent dreams. I, I'd say recent within the last couple of years that I actually had dreams I remembered, but it's yeah. always significant in, in a sense where I, I was left with this feeling of evil. Yeah. And, um, and I sit here and I listen to you sharing your experience and I hear other people's experiences with their dreams. And I wonder why I can't remember dreams for the most, most part. I, I wonder why there's like, is there something that I'm blocking out or is it that I'm just a deep sleeper and it takes like the scary crap for me to remember? Yeah. I don't know, but well, man, I'll tell you what, like, it, even just talking to the people I work with, you know, it always seems like the only ones that we ever remember are the freaky ones, you know? And, and, you know, 
we, there's been times even down here where like me and a dude at my work, um, same night we had, and I'm, I'm, this is 100% true. We had the same dream and it was terrifying dream. We were like this, we were, I was in this like old mansion and this, uh, this like girl looks like the girl from the ring type thing was coming over and like screeching in my face, his face. And it was just, just like felt like terrifying. I remember sitting with him on post and he's talking to me. He's like, Hey dude, listen, it sounds weird, but can I tell you about the dream that I had last night? I'm like, sure. And he told me it's the same, the same dream down to the, the lights and the colors in it and everything like that. And we're talking to each other. Like what, first off, how is this possible that we had the same dream, but why do we both remember it? You know, what about this dreams? Cause he's like me. Like if I don't remember my dreams, except for there's like probably eight or nine dreams, some of them being the grandpa dreams, some of them being other nightmares I've had that I'll still remember to this day. It's like, why is it that that same, that same night we both have this dream. We both wake up and we both pull it through the whole day to the point where it's like, we need to tell someone about it. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, dreams are weird. It, it, I just had this thought in my head and I don't know. It's, I, I'm not claiming it's original. I'm sure there's, but I just had this thought that popped in my head that maybe we're not remembering dreams still. Maybe we are remembering things that actually happened within this alternate, this alternate state of being when we close our eyes and we fall asleep. If we're, if we're really, if there, if we really have, like you, like you referenced earlier, how, um, maybe, maybe we have access to other dimensions or whatever, uh, when we go into sleep, uh, maybe we're, we're not remembering dreams still. What we're remembering are things that actually happen in that parallel state of existence. Remembering experiences. Yeah. Or maybe we, we snapped into this reality because those experiences and that we were having, we were so scared. like we, too we, much. We needed to escape. Yeah. Who knows? Like if, the same way that, you know, some people will block out like traumatic things in their past. Maybe we block out those dreams that are too traumatic for us to remember. Or maybe we just don't remember dreams. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe, maybe what we are remembering just weren't dreams and we still don't remember dreams. We don't remember yeah. dreams. It's just what we remembering is things that we actually went through in the parallel universe. Trip me out. I don't like it, man. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let me let me ask you this question and also the audience that's listening right now. Uh, something's been happening to me when I go to sleep at night uh, fairly frequently. I would say it happens. Like, I think it's happened to me about five times in the last year. So, okay. But considering it never, I don't remember it ever happening before in my life, this is something new. Uh, sometimes when I go to sleep, just as I fall asleep, I, I'll hear like a loud bang, like an explosion, and I jump awake. And it's always in my head. Like I hear this in my head. Uh, and that's just a side point. Like I wasn't even going to, that wasn't the reason why I'm talking about this. Uh, it just popped in my head, um, like an explosion. But uh, <laughs> when I close my eyes in my bed, to go to sleep. I'm not sleeping. Like I yep. literally just close my eyes because if I open my eyes and I look at my phone, it's still the same time. That's right. Um, I see a white flash of light, very bright, just shoot across my eyelids. Like somebody just flashed a light, like a flashlight on my face while I'm laying there in my bed. And I have never even talked to, I've never talked to anybody about this until now. Um, I, I haven't really oh, thought. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm the kind of person 
I, I, I often wonder if I have experienced things that I just brush off. I've just brushed yeah. stuff off. I'm like, whatever. Like, I'm just like, whatever. Like, like it doesn't, I guess it doesn't phase me. So like with that stuff, like I see this, this white flash of light and it's really fast, like extremely flash, fast. It's not like somebody held it. It's just like click on, click off really fast. And I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's something in my brain, if I'm overworked, if I'm yeah. actually seeing a light. Is there really a light flashing in my bedroom? Uh, usually when I go to bed, my wife's already asleep, so she wouldn't know, you know? Yeah. Um, it's weird, though. It's weird. It is weird. I agree. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is, but I mean... Now, listen, with, with what you've said, lights, no. I haven't had, I haven't had that happen. But the, the bang thing, I, I have had that happen. I've had that happen recently. Where and it almost feels like you can like almost like feel it in your chest when you when it's there, but it's not like it's not audible. My wife isn't hearing this thing, but it's enough to like make me open my eyes. Like, what? What was that? And and, and I don't know. Yeah, no, that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation, but we'll we'll uh, we'll keep it moving. <laughs> uh, you know, I I just there's something like that. The longer I do this show, the more I, I really, I think about the dreaming stuff a lot. And yeah. what is it? What is this dream thing? Yeah. Like, cause like, well, you just traditionally think, oh, it's your imagination going wild. And then like, that just can't be true. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, it just, it, it can't be true. I, I don't believe it for a second. Especially when you see things in your dreams that like you haven't seen before. Like, how's your, how are you making these things up? You know? Yeah, but, and that's one thing. Listen to your show because I've listened to most most of it recently. And um, when you listen to it so close together, you start finding like the similarities yes. between the stories. And even recently, there's been a few people on who talked about their different dreams and stuff that they've had. And it's just like, man, there's there's got to be something going on with you know people from different parts of the country, different parts of the world who are experiencing these same things, like. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Oh, and also side note to anybody listening right now, uh, Mr. X dreams had texted me telling me that you guys are going to his channel saying I sent you. So shout out to you guys who are going to his channel, checking them out. Uh, I appreciate you letting them know that I sent you. Let's transition into these UFOs that you experienced. Uh, yeah. I know you had about what, three or four circumstances that you've seen these UFOs. Yeah, that's right. Um, so these ones were kind of not too exciting, but they're worth noting. Um, so I used to go to school in like the middle of Vermont and I lived in Southern Vermont. So we'd have a long drive on the way there. And there's this one spot um, where you're going across this bridge and this bridge goes over like a hundred foot drop and it's like almost a quarter mile long. So you can see everywhere from that bridge. And um, we're driving to school and it's my sister. She was driving. I was in passenger seat and the same people that we went camping with, um, they were riding in the car with us because they went to the same school that we did. And um, we're going across this bridge. Sun's coming up from the east and there's not a cloud in the sky. And I look over to the west and I see this shape in the sky. And it looked at first, it looked like just like a round cloud but it was reflecting the sun. And I'm not talking like just the, the light was like, you know, over it. I'm saying like, you could see like 
like a mirror reflection of it of the sun on there. Look over, like, do you see that? My sister looks over. She's like, "What? What's that?" And Joe and Jake in the back, they look over. Same thing. And we're we're looking at this thing as we're going across this bridge, and it's just sitting there, and it's kind of like wobbling a little bit, if that makes sense. And it, it's it's not it's not big. It's pretty small, or at least it was uh, far away, which made it look smaller. And we're looking at it. I'm like, "What in the world is that thing?" And it just goes like moves back forward and then zips off just like blink of an eye like it didn't it didn't disappear you could see it move off but it's just inhumanly fast and i remember it was weird because no one acknowledged it after that you know what i mean like we had a whole you know other 45 minutes to go on that ride and no one brought it up i'm constantly i'm like did I mean, I know you guys just said you saw it, but no, we're not going to talk about the reflecting metal thing in the sky that just zipped off, you know? <laughs> and, um, and then that, that was it. I didn't, that was when I was like in like ninth to 10th grade. And so I didn't see anything else for years until, um, I was, so I was engaged. So this would have been like 2012. and me and my wife, Rachel, we were hanging out with a friend of ours. His name was Todd. And me and Todd, we would go on for hours about just conspiracy theories, Sasquatch, UFOs, you know, one of those guys. And um, he was a big alien guy. Love. He, he would always say, I mean, I, I hope I hope that they come down, they choose me, and that I'll, that I'll be able to go up and just know what's going on. <laughs> and so... Um, we had just gone down to visit Yankee Candle in Massachusetts and we we're driving up I-91 and it's nighttime. It's probably like nine 9.30 at night in the winter. So it's it's dark out. And I remember me and him are in the front two seats, Rachel's in the back seat. And um, we're talking about UFO stuff. And he's talking, he's like, man, just, just how cool would it be if we looked up and there was a UFO and when he said that, over the car comes these blue lights. And I'm looking up in the sky. I'm like, do you, do you see this? And he's like, it's happening, man. And, and what it was, it was, there was like, right over our car, there's these five big blue lights. And they weren't, they weren't bright, but they were just like, like uh like kind of like the blue behind you like that ambient blue light and it was turning and in the middle was a white light that was bright and this thing is just it's moving with us same speed and it's turning above us just rotating and rotating he's like like do you see that I'm like yeah and Rachel's like what and she she's on her phone she puts it down and she goes to look and we're looking at it and then it just went just zipped away and and that that was one of those times where I'm just like, where I started questioning, like, why did that show up then? Yeah, you know, like we're putting out this thought that, like, man, wouldn't it be so cool if we saw this thing? And then it's there, you know. And so, in that same idea, in that same vein, um, the next time that I saw one was in 2018. 
I was driving back from my work when I worked security up in Vermont and I'm driving back home and the route that I took was the same route that I used to have to go to school. And I remember I'm driving across the bridge, right? And and to be honest, it's probably after I listened to one of your shows. So, you know, my mind, <laughs> my mind's already going and stuff. Sure. I'm driving across that same bridge and I'm looking out to the side. I'm like, remembering seeing that that thing in the sky from when I was, you know, in ninth or tenth grade. Like, wouldn't it be so weird if I saw that thing again? And go across the bridge. You know, go over a few hills. I'm coming down this big hill to get off <clears throat> to get off the interstate. And I'm driving across, I get off the interstate, I'm driving across this bridge that goes between Vermont and New Hampshire. I look up in the sky, and that same thing, reflecting the sunlight coming off from the east, same size, doing that same wobble is in the sky. And it's just sitting there. It's wobbling, wobbling. And I look at it and I'm like, just, just pops to me. I'm like, why? Why? Why am I seeing this right now when I just thought about seeing it just a little bit ago? And it does its wobble backwards, forwards, zips off. And I remember I went home and like, Rach, you're not, you're not gonna believe this. I just here. I, I told her the story. She's like, Yeah, that's that's it's <laughs> a little weird, Emmett. But the uh the last the last story that I had is down here in Arkansas and we moved down here, um, middle of 2018 and we were kind of exploring the new areas cause brand new state, big state, lots of places to go explore and visit. And so we're on I 40, um, heading West and it's like, uh, probably like around six o'clock sun's starting to go down a little bit and we're driving and I, I look up I see this thing in the sky. And at first I thought it was um, like airplane vapor, if that makes sense. And it looks like, it looks like a needle, right? It's, it's got a pointed top, really pointed bottom. And I'm looking at it, but the thing is, it's not like, you know, you, if you're looking at like a plane, you can tell the directions going the way of travel. This thing was sitting in the sky straight up and down. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, going left or right or anything. It was going straight up and down. And the closer I got, the larger I get, and it would remain in the same spot to the point where we're driving towards it and we're starting to be having to like look up like directly above us to see this thing. And I, I snapped, I sent you the photo. I snapped a photo of this thing and it's literally, it's sitting there and you can see it slowly like spinning like this just turning around a little bit you can see like the light on the top kind of glinting off and i got i got some pictures of it it's like i need to get a video of this thing and so i pull off the next exit i jump out of my car and for some reason i have i have an android which my wife always tells me i gotta get the iphone yeah because (laughs) because now i have to try to flip through to get to my apps and everything get my camera up I'm looking at this thing and at this point it's almost directly above us and I look up and I just see it just go boom straight up in the air just just launched saying and it was in that same shape because I've I've showed this picture to people before like nah man that's just from a plane I'm like right. okay but it maintained that same shape and it moved in that shape That's interesting cuz 
I mean, when you sent the picture, you know, I, I don't even need to say this because I know you know it looks like a plane with the vapor coming off of it. Like you, that's you, right. You, you typically see. I I never zoomed in on it until just now, and zooming in on it, it it looks more solid when you zoom in on it. Yeah, and 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 it stayed stationary for a good solid fifteen minutes. It didn't dissipate. It just stayed right in that spot, and, and, and even that, it, like you can brush off it, until the end of your story, where you say yep. it shot off in that shape. That's exactly. not that. That's unexplainable. And so, to describe to people what I'm looking at right now, uh, I'm going to try to remember to post this with the episode on the website so people can cool. see it as well. Uh, but. If, by chance, if I don't remember, uh, <laughs> I, I, people will email me telling me to update the website, which I will. Then. That's right. <laughs> but what I'm looking at right now, if you don't feel like going to the website, is it's bright now. It's grainy. It, it's hard to see because it was so far away and I'm zooming in on it. But it, it's like this white and, and like you referenced to how it's it looked almost like a needle. Well, it even looks like it has like the eye of a needle, you know, in yes, the middle. Exactly. Like where you would put the thread through. and. Yep. It it looks much more solid than I thought it would look when I zoomed in on it. And all that said, if you didn't see it shoot off, it would be hard to say that that's anything other than vapor from a plane. Exactly. But the, man, like, and that's one thing I've heard people talk about. Like, I remember hearing your show where the guy said the thing he saw turned into geese above him, you know? And so, like, I don't know if there was something there that was being cloaked or something like that to look like it. But like you said, like, if, it, it's kind of hard to tell with the photo, but it, it was tangible. And it was, it couldn't have been, you know, a few thousand feet above us because as we drove towards it, as we drove west, it maintained its spot in the sky and we were able to drive closer to it. And the rotating wouldn't make bizarre. sense either. What was that? The rotating wouldn't make sense. Yeah. You know? Yep. I've never seen that stuff. And you can kind of see that at the top of that photo. It has like that little glint on the very top of it. And that's how you could see it rotating because you could see that glint change. And it was just like, like shimmering. It was, it was weird, man. It was weird. Definitely weird. Uh, but not as weird as summoning UFOs, apparently. So, Jesus, not say that. I I mean, Uh, how else do you describe it? I mean, you guys summoned yeah. UFOs, and, and it was the same thing both times in your presence. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. That's like driving down the road, thinking of a song that pops in your head. You turn on the radio, and that song's playing at the spot that you know you were listening to it in your head. Who yeah. hasn't had that happen? You know, hey, you know, maybe I was dreaming the other dimension and I had already seen this happening. So I was driving down the road, I was like, man, I'm gonna see one today. I just thought of it. And you, and you think it was just go. a thought popping in your head, but it was something that you knew from the other realm. All right, right, we're getting trippy <laughs> on this show. I like That's it. That's right. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I love it. Uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting UFO experiences. I mean, uh, the fact that the fact that your friend was talking about it and then it happened, and then you were thinking about that time that that happened and it happened again. Clearly, yeah. that you can't say that's coincidence. No. I'm sorry. And it is. It is also. It's a little unsettling, you know. Heck yeah, yeah. Like even even it, say it's military, right? Say it's the government and the government's listening. That means they're literally listening to your thoughts. 
Like, well, I mean, we already know that. You've seen when the ads pop up on your phone. <laughs> nope, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's uh, okay uh, over uh, here yeah. on the confessionals. It's okay. We're not. I love Google. They're yes, the best. everything's great. Everything's fine. Look the other way. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the first time that ever happened to me, I was ranting to my dad at his house about something uh, that. I never looked up because I it, I disdained it so much. I don't want to get on the topic of it. Yep. But um and then lo and behold I get home, I got Instagram ads for that thing and I'm just like really? Come on oh, guys. Oh man, they are listening to me. Give me some privacy. <laughs> yeah. So now when I say something crazy, I just say I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, like <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to make sure I cover all my bases, C- you know. CYA, CYA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. But uh okay, let's move on. Okay, because you mentioned about how you work security. And yeah. uh you got I don't know if it's just one experience like this or what's been going on at work, but one thing's for sure is you got some shadow people popping up at work. Bro, and this is I've only had one experience, but I've talked to guys who have been there for a long time. They've had similar things happen to them too. So it's not just me. This is something that, you know, has been through a bunch of people. But um, so I was working security up in Vermont and the place I was working uh, is an old abandoned site. Um, there was only a few people that were there, mainly just a security, but there's some people that were like maintenance people who were do some cleaning, stuff like that. And um I'm doing a patrol and I'm down in the basement and this thing has like a deep basement. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you go down a little stairwell to the cellar. I'm talking like you can go down like four stories into this basement. And just cause they had a lot of machinery that would, you know, go Pause. through, you know, people right now are like he works in an underground military base i know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about four or five stories underground i mean bro but i i know where you work and i can just tell people cure your curiosity he doesn't work at a deep underground military base yes perfect so you know we just had some machinery that had to go up a few levels and so with that we had to go down check the bottom of the machinery to make sure that everything was intact right and, you know, this place isn't, you know, running anymore. There's no workers there working the machineries. And so no one is supposed to be down there. I'm doing my rounds. It's like three o'clock in the morning. And I hear someone walking above me on the grating. I'm like, what the heck is that? Because there's not supposed to be. I'm the only one doing a patrol right now. And I hear someone, they're walking the gray and they, and I hear the steps coming down the stairs. And then I turn my flashlight and I look, I don't see anyone there. And it's really dimly lit in that place. Cause like I said, there's, there's nothing going on there. We're just there to make sure, you know, people don't, you know, come inside and, you know, vandalize stuff or something, you know? And so I look and I see a person walking on the grating, take the, corner and go towards the machinery that I'm supposed to go check. I'm like, who the heck is that? And I'm just kind of like going through my brain, like, who else is supposed to be down here at that time? And I'm like thinking, there's, there's no one. There's no one to be down here. So I, I go, I'm like, uh, sir, excuse me. Hello? 
no answer. So I, I, you know, start walking over there. I'm like, excuse me, uh, no one's supposed to be down here right now. Um, and I walk and given there's no other doors. They're like, you, you take the turn to go check the machines and that's it. Like you check your machines. There's a wall there. There's a wall here. You turn back around, you leave same way. Right. And so I take that turn and I'm expecting to see some dude standing there, you know, you know, being somewhere he's not supposed to be. Maybe it's like a new guy got lost or something. I take the turn and I go, sir. And I look and there's no one there. Not, not, not no one. I was just like, what the heck was that? I get my flashlight and I'm looking below the machines. I'm looking above the machines and stuff like that. I'm trying to think like maybe this guy was like hiding behind some pipes or something. Nothing. And so, you know, I, I got my radio and I just like verify. I'm like, hey, is there anyone that's supposed to be down in the uh, in the basement right now? And uh, the the lead guy is like, uh, no, we don't have any work orders of anyone working down there. I was like, okay, well, never never mind then. We're, <laughs> we're good. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> And so I went back to, um, I went to my next post and we sat with a few guys on post at the same time, you know, I told them like, Hey, have any of you guys seen anything weird here? And they're like, Oh, you got, you saw the guy in the basement. Finally. It's like, what do you mean? Saw the guy in the basement. And apparently people, uh, other security officers have seen this same shadow person in that same area. And now the story is, is that back in the day, there was a guy that worked at the that place back when it was operational. And uh, he was a little nuts and got a little jealous when uh, his wife didn't want to be with him anymore. And uh, apparently his wife and their stepdaughter went missing. And the, the investigation found like um, similar dirt and stuff underneath his tires to the location where that place is. And so everyone always thought that, you know, he may have, they were doing new construction there at the time. So they thought that maybe he dumped the body there. Right. So everyone said that that's what, that's the, the ghost of his wife was the one that's walking around. That was always the tale, but I don't know, man, like being, being security, you know, knowing people aren't supposed to be there and going to confront someone and then just be like, there's no, there's no place this person could have gone. It was just, it was just bizarre. Yeah. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to the story and I'm thinking to myself, I really hope he has some kind of story, background story to what, you know, possibly he saw <laughs> because knowing where you work, my mind started really on like, dude, imagine if like some foreign like government has some kind of technology that allows them to spy like that. That'd be crazy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But the place you're at, it's not in operation, right? No, yeah, there's 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 nothing that's been okay. going on there for years and we're just there like I said, make sure that no one comes inside that's not supposed to be there cuz I guess the machinery that's still there is really valuable and so they yeah. don't want people to come steal machines and our other equipment copper. or copper is always about you know, copper. Copper is yeah. very valuable. So. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Ay ay ay. Oh, interesting stuff, man. Uh yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to have to go down that basement if I knew that stuff that was going on. Um, did it freak you out moving forward, having to do your rounds down there, or was it just like a one-time thing? You're like, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, you know, 
we, we all of us, even when we were in training, kind of in the the location, we all got bad feelings in that spot. You know what I mean? Just put off a bad vibe. And even I still work in security. I work at a different spot with um, a similar company. And there's places at the place where I work now where you're doing rounds and you just get that gut feeling like, I, I know I need to go check to make sure those doors are locked, but I'm not going to take my time doing it. I'm getting in and out because something just feels bad. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. You got to do it because you got to earn that money. But outside of that, I'm not going to be hanging out in those basements any longer than I have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I uh, when I was in college, I had the opportunity to do security work. And uh, I actually turned the job down because of the place that they told me I was going to be working at. Because it was like a security company that was going to, you know, send me to a property that needed security. Yeah, and exactly, when yeah. when I found out that I was gonna be working at this place at night by myself, I was like, "Nope, nope, I'm gonna go find a soup kitchen somewhere." Not happening. Don't blame you. Yeah, don't blame you. So, all right, let's wrap up this uh, first segment. Uh, we're co- oh, we're, we're over an hour on this already, so that's great. Um, let's give the people uh, this last category of conversation before we move into the overtime. Yeah. And uh, it's Dogman. Uh, Dogman. You had an experience with Dogman, and you've also collected stories from other people who have seen such things. So yeah. take it away and share with us what did you see out in the forest? Right on, man. So this would have been back in about 2012. Um, now, where I grew up in Vermont, my dad, he had uh, some land, and it bumped up to like, thousands of acres of forest just people who you know have families living there for a long time they just own tons of woods and i always i grew up hunting i grew up you know out in the woods in fourth grade you know just looking to bag a deer and i had blinds set up in our woods um but i always went to the same blinds every year and so i got this new hunting rifle i was all excited i'm like you know what I know that out past our property line going up the ridge, there's a nice oak grove. And this was September. I was like, I'm going to go up there, kind of scope it out, see if there's any signs, set up some new blinds. And in Vermont, um, in September, uh, it opens up for black bear season. And so I was like, you know what, if I'm going to go out there, you know, black bears, they love acorns. Maybe I'll get lucky and see something up there. And we'd seen some black bear on the trail cams that we had as well. And so I was like, I'm going to bring the rifle with me. If I see a black bear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it, you know? So um, kind of the way that the woods work, you hike out this trail going out into the woods and there's this big drop off to the side of you. And you walk along that drop off until you come to this big clearing and that's kind of where the the drop off ends and you can start walking up the ridge at a more gradual washout and so i get to that that spot i'm walking up the washout i get up to the oak grove sit up there for a while say like two or three hours set up two or three ground blinds in different locations look for signs stuff like that and finally it's like you know what i want to get home before the start the sun starts going down And so I'm walking back through the woods and I'm going down that washout again. And I start hearing crashing coming down that original trail that I came out on. And I'm like, whoa. 
what's what's this? And it doesn't sound like a deer. Deer though makes a noise, but it's more dainty. But this was like sticks breaking, like wood ripping, like it was it was loud. I'm like thinking the only thing big enough to do that is a black bear. And so I got all excited. Now I hear it come down the trail and I can't see anything because it's still behind that ridge. But I hear it come towards the clearing. And I know that in that clearing at the end, there's an opening the stone wall where a lot of animals go through. So I look around. I don't have any cover or concealment. So I just sit down on the ground in that washout. And because that's where all the rain goes, there's tons of leaves everywhere. So I just get all the leaves. I pile them up all around me. I get it right up to my neck just in these leaves. And I hear it crash, crash, crash coming down the thing. And I post up with my rifle. I got my sights aligned, knowing right where it's going to come out. And it's louder. Crash, 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 crash. And then all of a sudden, I see this thing jump out from behind the ridge into the clearing. And it's on a tree. And I see this thing. It's, it's, it, it jumped onto the tree. I'm looking at it. And I, I had no idea what I'm seeing. I'm looking, and if you can imagine, this thing had like a torso like a man. It was it was a, a long torso, and it was white. It was just white fur. And looking back on it now, um, it'd be similar to like, I don't know if you've ever seen like a young coyote when their hair is almost like a dusty blonde color. It looked, it looked just like that, like a dusty blonde fur. And I'm looking at this thing. And if you can imagine, its knees would have been like up to its chest with its feet and like its toenails dug into the tree. Its arms were up to its shoulders like this, holding onto the tree. And you can see like muscles. You can see like the the shoulder muscles and its necks and its traps and stuff. And it goes up to this huge head with these two pointed ears on top. And the thing that kind of I was like what the what is this was the tail right so I grew up with uh we had a collie and it it looked like a collie's tail like like the you could have taken it off our dog and it would have been the same thing and so that's when people have been like oh man that was a big cat I'm like no a cat moves when it's moving its tail it can move every vertebrae in it and you know it but when a dog moves its tail it's wagging its tail you know what I mean and so I'm looking at this thing and I just see it's wagging this big bushy tail. I'm looking I'm like, what the heck is this thing? I see it. It looks up the tree. And this thing, this is on like a big Eastern pine. These things are like 140 feet tall. They had just logged the land the year before. So a lot of the trees around it were um, taken out. So it was just clean, no branches most of the way up, right? I see this thing look up the tree. And it reaches up its arms. And this thing is like orangutan arm, like super long. It reaches up and just starts pulling itself up the tree. And it looks like it's, it's just running up the tree. Like it's, you can see it's pulling up with its arms. You can see it's, you can see it's triceps and it's, it's delts. Like you can see the muscles underneath this thing's fur and it's pulling up and you can see it pushing down with its legs and you can see like the, the muscles and the, the legs flexing. And this thing scaled that entire tree in like two or three seconds. It was fast. It gets up to the top. And, and mind you, I'm seeing this all, I'm seeing this all from like about 75 yards away through my scope, right? 
it's it gets up to the top of the tree and it looks over to the tree to its right and that's when i got to see like a side profile of its face and it had a muzzle to it and it wasn't like a pronounced muzzle like a german shepherd or anything but you could see like a, a snout to it if that makes sense and it looks over to the next tree and it jumps off like this and it, it pushes itself off the tree jumps to the next one and you can see it's its claws splay out as it grabbed onto the next tree and it had such momentum that you could see the claws digging in and pulling itself around the tree to stop itself. And the thing took one hand, grabbed on, stuck one foot into the tree on the bottom and was hanging on the top of that tree with one arm hanging and one leg hanging like a Tarzan move. And then it just jumped off, went tree to tree to tree to tree to tree away from me. And I, I sat there for like 30 minutes. I was waiting till it's dead quiet. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to take the upper trail back to the house this time, not the lower trail. And man, I, I didn't know what I'd just seen. Cause I heard people talk about Bigfoot. Like I know a few guys I've seen Bigfoot up in that area, but I'm like, I never heard of Bigfoot with a tail or Bigfoot being that athletic, you know? And I remember I got to my house and my dad, like, I just saw something. It's like, it sounds like an albino raccoon. I'm like, this thing was bigger than me. Okay. This is not an albino raccoon. And even like telling people over the years, like they're like, oh, maybe it's an escaped monkey or something like that. I'm like, first off, escape monkey in Vermont. Where is it going to escape from? You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing up there to begin with. And you have to go through winter and stuff. So it wasn't until, um, when I started listening to podcasts when I was working security and I uh, stumbled onto the whole topic of dog, man. And the first time I heard him, like it piqued my interest, especially with the description of what I'd seen. And so that's when I was searching on Stitcher. And I found your show when you had a few um, episodes of dog, man back episode, I think it's like 59 with uh, Lisa. She's from Vermont and she saw something that looked the same is like a, a pushed nuzzle, that same white fur. And the more I listened to it, I'm like, yeah, that's totally what I saw was, was a dog man. And so I've had people being like, well, if you saw a dog man, why didn't it come up on the, uh, on the trail cams? I'm like, well, where I lived in Vermont, you could go for miles and miles to those forests. If it's jumping tree to tree, it has its own highway where nothing ever has to see it if it doesn't want to be seen. But yeah, so that's, that's my story. You know, it, 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 and on that note, the way you described it, it seems like that wasn't its first time doing the tree thing. Oh, you know? absolutely not. Like you could, and, and this is the thing too. And I wish, I wish I had been smart and taken pictures because I remember going, it. why didn't you shoot it? Yeah. Oh, I'll, and I'll tell you why I had, I had a Savage Trophy Hunter 308. I didn't shoot it because I didn't think that gun could take it down. Hold on a second. So let me, let me. Don't forget what you were going to say before I got I, I won't, smart. I won't. I got with you. With you. So you had a gun out there that if you saw a bear, you were going to take it down. And you don't think the gun that you thought would take a bear down would take this thing down. Absolutely. How big is this thing? This thing, I had to at least be like seven feet tall when it was fully standing. Wow. But it wasn't how tall it was. It was the the mass it had. Like this thing looked like a bodybuilder, 
it was shredded. Like this thing had long, long fur from what I could tell. And you could see the muscles through the long fur. You know what I mean? It's just, I think honestly, if I had shot it, if it was, if it was a perfect shot, maybe, but if I had missed or if I had just gotten in the wrong spot, there's no doubt in my mind that that thing could, that thing would not have been swayed. No, it, it could have gotten me no problem. Yeah. And that's, that's the concern, right? And how old were you again? Um, what year is it? So I would have been about 20. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking you were like 14 or something. You were, you were an adult. Oh no. Yeah. I was adult. I was an adult. Yeah. I was engaged at the time. So I hope wow. I wasn't 14. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do things weird up in Vermont. I hear. Oh, <laughs> yo, you have no idea. <laughs> wow. But yeah. And so, so ever since then, like, um, dog man is kind of my litmus test to see, you know, to gauge people's, you know, uh, weirdness, if that makes sense. So if I'm meeting someone for the first time and I want to be like, am I going to get along with this person? You know, I'll be like, just random story. Maybe we're talking about hiking in the woods and I'll just be like, man, bet you'd see a dog man out there just to get the reaction, you know? Cause first off, if they know about the dog man topic, I'm like, all right, yeah. we already got some similar interests, you know? But, um, man, since moving down here to Arkansas, there's been a few times where I've said that and people have just been like, you know about dog man? Wow. Like, Yeah. And if you want, I got, I have two stories yes. from people I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, right. Actually, we're going to do those stories, but I want to, I don't want to move off your own experience oh. too fast. What? Go ahead. Back to what we, what I almost forgot to sell you with the pictures. I didn't take any pictures. I wish I had, and maybe it's still there, but I remember going back a few days later and seeing the claw prints in the tree really yeah like seeing where because when it was pulling up you could see where it ripped the bark off that pine and uh, i wish and at that time like i was living on my own so i wasn't at my dad's house a lot anyways and so it just never crossed my mind to go back out there take the picture but wow i wish i had now wow how deep are the claw marks they're deep enough to go through and given this is a mature pine like this thing, this has been, it's been in there for a long time. It is deep enough to go through the bark and be able to scratch into the actual wood. Like you could see the white wood underneath being pulled through. Wow. That, yeah. So, all right. You see this thing and the way it maneuvered up the trees, it's a massive body. Uh, you describe it as a bodybuilder, just jacked up. Yeah roughly seven feet tall, but the mass of it was what was so fearful and, and impressive. Yeah. Uh, what, how, how, all right. So how do I go about, I, I, what I want to know is with the detail you gave, what was the thing about it that kind of made you say that was dog man? Um, because you referenced how, you know, you never heard of Bigfoot maneuvering that athletically. I, yeah. I, I personally have. Oh, um, nice. I mean, they, people talk about the physical ability of Bigfoot. 
Uh, yeah. I've heard people t- discussing that these things have such strength that they could leap 20, 30 feet. I mean, so the, there, there's clearly an athleticism to Bigfoot that maybe, is, maybe a better word would be agility. Okay. If that makes sense. Like, you know, if I'm thinking, and I might be wrong on this, if I think of a Bigfoot jumping, I'm thinking of a, of, you know, this big thing jumping and when it leaps, it's going to land and it's going to like make a thud, right? This thing that I saw, if I saw this thing jump, I'm seeing it being like quiet as a mouse. You know what I mean? Just like total control over every movement that it had. Okay. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. And I mean, yeah. Uh, the pointed ears point to dog man, the, the snout, the, the muzzle on it point to dog man, tail. Um, you know, I, I don't, don't recall a whole lot of people talking about Bigfoot having tail. Uh, yeah. And that was, that was, that was a big thing that set it apart for me was that tail and the fact that it looked just like the tail of a collie man. Like it looked just like my dog's tail. What did the hands look like though? I mean, do you think that these hands, cause you talked about claws now. Yeah. I mean, if you were just referring claws, is that fingernails? Or are we talking like, is this, does this have like almost like human type hands with gigantic claws on it? I wasn't close enough to see with my scope, right? I could, but the way it was moving, you could see like, it looked like hands coming up, but I wouldn't be able to say I could see every digit, if that makes sense. But the one thing was just the way that it was able to grab onto things. And like, you could see it put, like when it was hanging off the tree, it was hanging with a hand stuck into the tree with a thumb in there. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's the best I could describe it was the way it was using them. It had to be hands in my idea, my thought. So what about the feet? Did you get a good look at the feet? I mean, did it look like dog feet? It looked, no, it, to me, it looked like, and the, the biggest thing, biggest time I saw the feet was when it was at the top of that second tree hanging off. And it looked like it, to me, it looked like a foot because it had like, if you can imagine it, it jabbed its toes into the tree. Or if it had, I would imagine that it must have had some sort of like claw nail thing on the on the end of its toe, because it was just supporting itself with its hand and that toe in the tree. You know what I mean? So you could see a heel coming off of it. Uh, this thing was just stuck on there. And you think about it: if this is that big and it's that much muscle, that thing must weigh a, a ton. And so to have that much strength. With its with its nails or claws and hanging on a tree just off of those two, like this thing, it was it was all there. Yeah. Now the way you described it moving throughout the whole story, uh, it, it seemed like it was on a mission. Do you think that mission was just travel, or do you think it was hunting? Uh, I think travel, travel. Because that's the thing. It it was. Uh, and now I think about that, that's interesting because the area that was coming down the trails, like I said, had just been logged and they had left new growth, which would make sense why it was, um, or younger growth, I should say, not new growth, why it was at a lower level. And then when it got deeper into the woods, that's when it went up the tree to travel further up. So I think that's what it was. was it was just, it was just traveling through the woods, getting to, you know, wherever it needed to go. That's amazing because, I mean, the way you describe it and you said it before, I mean, it, it sounds like a, or I think you described like it, 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 the arms reach like an orangutan or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the way you describe it sounds like a monkey moving through the trees. You it know, does. Just fluid, it does, doesn't it? Very fluent. 
uh, and and just it, it like it's done it it's it's born to do it you know yeah and uh, man it makes me think I can I need to look up a lot when I go to Kentucky hunting for this dog man oh man so yes, please do <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna be looking in the trees as well I'm I'm slowly purchasing equipment such as uh, motion sensor like a, detectors a drone to be able to fly like 15 feet above well you. I, I have some cameramen coming with me uh, one's yeah. from Ohio who worked in the media and another one who's done stuff with History Channel from Texas oh, cool. um. And I'm I'm bringing stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm getting motion sensors for around our camp. Uh, yeah. I'm getting uh, uh, the the whole the whole everything the traditional stuff like game cams. Uh, we're going to be baiting it, trying to get it to come in, and all that yeah. stuff. And so, man, just be careful. Everybody, I want to continue hearing that. your podcast. Okay, <laughs> listen. Everybody's got to die at some point. So, yeah, that's that I mean, at least yours will be, be legendary. We'll be able to you know, finally prove it once and for all. <laughs> well, if the tape ever gets out of the woods, but uh, that's it true. would be freaking legendary. If, Can you stream it? I mean, not, not no, saying I'd want to stream no, your, you know, your no, demise no, no. or anything, but I'm, I'm not streaming because the whole, the whole point of this, this trip is to create a show, an episode for Legion of Legends. Gotcha. So I, I don't want to sh- live stream and have it all skippy because there's bad connection. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that would be legendary. Like I, I'd be okay with that if I died like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's going out in style right there. You, you all will remember my name. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, it, it does. It, hearing your story, though, gives me uh, a little more things to think about as far as how I'll approach my my expedition uh, in October. But um, very, very interesting. Let me ask you this uh, parting from your experience here. Uh, what do you think that is what you saw? Do you think it's a supernatural thing, a natural thing, a hybrid, a government hybrid? What are your thoughts? Man, my my idea on this keep it, it changes as the week goes, you know what I mean? Um back then I saw it as an animal cuz I saw it in the woods. Now, um cuz I've gotten deep into the dogman, the dogman hole and just like seeing where it goes and you know, I'm, I subscribe to the whole Nephilim theory, I think more than anything. Um, but also like just the fact that, you know, when you look back in history, like Herodotus mentions them in his histories and there's, um, uh, was it Alexander the Great is described, talked about them fighting them, uh, these dog headed men, these like massive warriors over in India. And even at that, you look at back at things like what St. Christopher, is always before I think is like the year 1430. Uh, St. Christopher was always depicted as having the head of a dog because what I understand, don't quote me, the original story about that is that a missionary from Ethiopia went to witness to a tribe of these dog headed men and one of them got saved and he went out to, you know, do his missionary work, you know. And so I think, first off, I've seen one, they exist. I think there is a spiritual aspect to them just from not my personal experience, but from the experiences I've heard where these things, I I believe that they feed off of fear. And from that, I think that wraps nicely into the whole Nephilim idea that these things were like a hybrid that are half physical 
and half spiritual where they can, you know, like with uh, Kyle's story where, you know, this thing was eating a coyote. It needs sustenance to live. But in other people's stories where it feeds off their fear as well. And so I think it's, uh, I think it's along that vein, honestly. Okay. Uh, like yeah. no right or wrong answers. Um, I never saw one. So how could I tell you? Right. <laughs> so I mean, that's, I, I, um, but going off onto one of the other stories, I, I'm convinced the government knows and they, they're keeping it under wraps. Tell me about it. Just talk to me. Tell me. All right. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Arkansas, man. So first off, Arkansas is ripe with stories. It is crazy. And um, again, talking to a guy that I met down here, I was like, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, talking about stuff. I'm like, so, you ever heard of Dogman? He's like, what's Dogman? I told him, like, yo, you know, there's, think about like the movie Van Helsing. It's like the werewolf from that. Basically a werewolf that doesn't turn back into a human. He's like, well... I don't know about that, but I have seen something weird before down here. That sounds kind of similar. Like, all right, let's go. So this guy, uh, he used to work in law enforcement, right? And uh, him and another one of his buddies was also in law enforcement. They were fishing in a different county. And while they're fishing, um, they're right off the road, like down a bank, and they hear a truck driving by. And then they hear the brakes squeal, the uh, the tires screech, and it comes to a stop. You just hear bang, like oh crap, someone got into an accident. And so both these guys, being cops, they ran up the uh, thing just to go see if they're okay. And they look, and there is this a truck. There's some an old guy driving an old pickup truck, and he hit this thing, and he's told me that it was a hyena. I was like, what? He's like, I kid you not. This thing was a hyena, but it was the size of a bear. It's like, Oh, hold on a second. And right now, right when I heard that, my, my mind's going because if you're into the dogman stuff, you know that there's different types of dogmen. And one of the variants that they talk about are these hyena ones that they have the head of a hyena. They're super vicious. I've heard people talk about seeing them in Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma, even Australia. So right when he says hyena, I'm like, well, first off, there's no hyenas in, in Arkansas. But when he told me it's the size of a bear, I was like, what do you, what do you mean the size of a bear? He told me, it's not just that it was like a big dog. It was long. And he said, the thing that was really weird was that the front legs of it were like, way longer than they should have been. And it's like, you know, I'm putting, I'm thinking right away. I'm thinking this is a dog, man. Yeah. This guy just hit a dog, man. That was running across the road. And so them being cops are asking him if he's okay and everything like that. And the guy's like, yeah. And they're talking a little bit like looking at the thing, like, what is this? And coming down the road is a game warden truck. And they stop. Two guys get out. They tell him, there's nothing to see here. Help us get this into the back of our truck. These two game wardens put the body of this hyena thing 
into the bed of their vehicle, closed it up, drove off. Jeez. And he, and I asked him like, like, was this like, did when the guy hit this thing, did he call the cops? Like, did the cops send them out or something? And like, no, no one called the cops. And he's like, I asked him like, did you call the cops? And he looked at his buddy. He's like, did you call the cops? And like, no. And so from what he said, he's like, he never, no one ever came. There was no statement taken. There was no report written, nothing. The, the game warrant just came. Like within, within two minutes of this happening, they were there, loaded the body in the back, drove away. Jeez. Wow. What do you make of that? I mean, it, that, that, I mean, if you, if you want to imply that, the game warden or whoever that was, because I'm sure there's some people who are like, that wasn't the game warden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Men in black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, whoever that was showing up like that, it sounds like there's the implication that they were either actively tracking that specific one or they have some kind of technology to track these things. Yeah. And, you know, if if there was tracking going on, and they see this thing just stopped on the road for an extended period of time. They're like, let's go check that out and see if that thing's just, you know, squatting on the side of the road and uh, waiting yeah. to create trouble. And they come up on a dead body and they're like, time to haul this bad boy away. Yeah, man. I don't know. But it when I heard that and just from hearing other people experience too, like they I they knew it was there. You know, he said that they're they're there within minutes of this thing getting hit. And they like no questions, no exclamation, no explanation. And this is after too that they identified themselves as being law enforcement as well. These guys didn't give them any information. Just help us get us in the back of the car, put it in, gone. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. Imagine if the uh, game warden showed up after your set and be like, "Hey, did you uh, see anything strange around here? You see my, you see my puppy? I've been looking for my puppy. You know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. He was going through the trees, man. He just uh, headed south. And the thing is, he was literally going through the trees. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, uh, Emmett. Listen, man. Uh, great conversation. We're going to continue this in the overtime. Uh, before we get out of here, two things. Uh, if you can, no pressure. But if you can, yeah. just give people a very brief highlight summary of just the topic of what we're going to be going into for the overtime so they uh, they have an idea. Uh, but also, before you do that, give yourself a shout out with what you do with the leather and everything. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you have a website or anything, but I'll, I'll tell the I, audience. Man, you, I appreciate you sent, that. You sent me uh, a bunch of cool stuff. And uh, I, I for years, I had the same black leather wallet. And uh, it's one of those things. It's like, for me... Belts and and wallets, I don't change. Uh, it, like I, the belt I wear today is the same belt I wore when I was two hundred and forty pounds, and I wore yeah. it all the way down to one hundred and seventy pounds. Just made new holes on it, you know. There I don't you change a whole lot of anything. Like I I, I don't have a, a a grand you know wardrobe of tons of clothing. I just I'm a t shirt <laughs> kind of guy. I wear camo pants and shorts most of the time. Tim's for my shoes. Yeah, like, it's just the way I am. Uh, when I got the wallet, I loved it and I switched it out and I've been Dude, using that's it what ever I love since. To hear, man. And, uh, it's, it's great, man. It's simple. It works. It's It's going to last you a lifetime. You'll be able to hand that down to your kids, dude. Awesome. I freaking love it. So tell people about it. 
Yeah. So um, I, me and my wife, we have a small business. It's called Northridge Design. You can find us at northridgedesign.com or on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at north.ridge.design. And yeah, uh, we make small leather goods, wallets. I got these little things we're putting out for a batch this month, which are small jewelry dishes, valet trays, belts, guitar straps, uh, just, just all sorts of things. And the biggest thing is that, you know, we... I got tired of buying crappy leather goods. I want to make something that was quality that I could buy once and it was going to last. And so that's that's our goal is just to make some clean stuff that will last people a lifetime that's functional that they'll be able to use. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I can tell the audience I love it and uh, they'll love it too if they they look into it. So uh, awesome, awesome stuff. It, man. Give them just a quick highlight and then we'll move to the overtime. Man, so this this is a story from when I worked at a summer camp and it's, it, it's whenever people ask like, Hey, does anyone have any weird stories? This is, this is the one, um, just as a brief overview, one kid opened something up in that, in our cabin and, uh, and it, it let evil into our cabin. That's all and, I need uh, to hear. That's all I need to it. hear. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just cut it off there. Uh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> Listen, your story about your grandfather dream thing, that gave me chills. So if that gave me chills, uh, at the time of this recording right now, it is 12.03 in the morning. I'm in my basement and I'm about to get freaked out. So I might be sleeping oh, in my yeah. studio tonight. Be, be prepared. This, this, this one is, yeah, we're bringing to another level. Yeah, I think I'm just going to sleep down here tonight. I don't think I'm going to want to take that journey up my basement stairs. <laughs> So, don't blame you. <laughs> all right, friends. Uh, Emmett, thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Well, I mean, we'll have a good one in the overtime. You know it. <laughs> well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please go ahead and share the show with anybody and everybody that you know. You all have cell phones in your pockets. Just pull the cell phone out. Take the link of what you're listening to right now, whether it's YouTube or on a podcast app. Take the link and share it with at least five people. I appreciate it in advance. I doubt most of you will ever do that. But anyways, thank you very much for listening to the show, friends. I'm really glad that you're here. I'm really glad that people continue to come in on a weekly basis to listen to The Confessionals. And I'm telling you right now, if you're a member, hit the overtime segment right now because I promise you it is going to be an all-timer and you're going to be left with your jaw dropped dragging on the floor because Emmett talks about the time that he was working at a Christian camp and there was a little boy there that that seems like maybe he wasn't even a little boy and there was warlocks involved and crazy stuff. I promise you, you're going to absolutely love the overtime segment if you're a member. So go there, check it out and let me know what you think about it on the post that we post on Instagram for this show. All right, for the rest of you, Until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Growing up, I went to uh, summer camp almost every year from the time I was like 10 years old. And as time goes on, you get out of the camping age, and at that point, I was able to go on to be um, like... They call it teen service at that camp where you kind of go, you help out, clean dishes, wash things, clean stuff, you know. Um, And then after that, I got to be a counselor. And camp for me was always fun. It was always great. 
And for the years I worked there, it was great too. But this story, man, is something else. And so we had a kid in our cabin. His name was Zachary. Zachary, Zachary. So we're sitting in our cabin. We're getting ready to go to pool time. Zachary comes over. He's like, what's a sorcerer? And I was like, well, you know, it kind of depends in what the context is. Like if we're talking like Harry Potter, that's one thing. But are you And Zachary looks up at him. He's like, well, I was just wondering, could the sorcerer summon demons? If someone was a sorcerer, how would they be able to get like the demons to like talk to talk them and stuff? Um, that day, they packed us a like picnic lunch, right? And so they had enough food for the kids to have like some carrots and PB and J and stuff. And I'm handing out the the carrots, and Zachary's there, and I put some carrots on his plate. And he's like, "I want some more carrots." I was like, "Well, buddy, go ahead." Finish what you got. When you're done, I'll give you more. You know? He's like, I want more carrots now. And so we go throughout lunch and I look over and Zachary hasn't touched a single carrot there. And I woke up like, Zach, listen, you got to finish those carrots, buddy. You asked for them. You took them. You got to finish them. He looks at me. He's like, no, I don't want to finish the carrots. The day goes on. He misses pool time. We get to dinner. I'm standing in line and I'm behind this kid and he looks over and there the you know the lunch lady is handing out the uh, uh, macaroni salad and she gives him a scoop of salad and he looks back at me he looks at her and says I want another scoop I was like whoa Zach listen we just went through this let's not let's not do this again okay let's take one scoop and he's like, I want another scoop. I'm like, listen, if you take a scoop and you don't eat it, you're not going to have dessert. We're eating. And I look over and the kid hasn't touched a single bite of macaroni salad. And I'm like, Zachary, come on. Guy eat the salad, man. And he, he's looking down his plate. He's like, I don't feel like it. And Josh looks over like, Zachary, you got to eat your salad. And he looks down he's like, I don't want to. I look up. I'm like, Zachary, eat your macaroni salad, okay? He looks up. He looks at Justin. He looks at me. He just goes, no. And right then, I blacked out. The day continues. The kids are just going nuts. And uh, it was just... Man, at that point, we were just ready for this week to be over. It was just bad. And Zachary was like the ringleader and all. Like he, uh, if like we told the kids, all right, guys, we're going to go do this activity. He'd be like, none of us want to do that. Right, kids? And the kids would be like, well, I guess so. Or, you know, just they, they follow after what he was doing. At the end of the day on Friday, what we would do is before we would go to dinner, and then afterwards, after dinner, they go to like the awards ceremony. We'd all clean the cabin together. Each kid would have to clean his area, clean up his bedding, get everything packed, sweep the floor, stuff like that. And no one was doing anything. And Zachary's sitting up on his bed. He's sitting up there. He's got his legs crossed. And he looks around. All the kids doing stuff. He's like, everybody, 
come around me. All the kids just stopped. And they went and they sat on the floor around his bunk in a little like horseshoe around it. He says, God has shown me that we have not been obedient this week. He's shown me that we need to be more respectful. Now, I was just saying this. There was this little kid in the group. His name was Kyle. And he leans down and he's laying on his back on the floor with his legs crossed. So he's just flat out on the floor. And Zachary goes, Kyle, sit up. And Kyle goes, I don't want to. Zachary points at him and says, Kyle, sit. And I saw that kid just shoot straight up. And Zachary goes, all right, guys, now let's clean this cabin. And the kids all go, yay. And it was like, it's like something out of a Disney movie, man. These kids like pick up their brooms and they're sweeping away and they're tucking their beds and they're folding their clothes and everything. And he's looking around and he's giving them little directions like, all right, Nate, go ahead and sweep that corner. And he goes, okay, Zach. And me and Josh were just looking at like, what's going on? Like we told these kids to clean. They weren't doing a thing. Now you have this little like eight year old tell them to clean. They're hopping right to it. And he's like, Nathan, sweep over there. Hey, Matthew, go ahead and roll up that sleeping bag. You got it, buddy. He's walking around. He's, or he's sitting up there giving everyone instruction. And he looks over and in the bunk next to mine was that day camper right? The one who would stay overnight with his mom. And Zachary looks at him and he goes, Hey, you need to, you need to clean. And Ethan looks at him and is like, I don't want to clean. Zachary says, Ethan, I told you to clean. And right then I'm like, Oh, okay. Hold on, Zachary. And I stand up. Zachary looks at Ethan. He looks at me and he smiles points at Ethan and just yells, kill him. All the kids drop their brooms, drop what they're doing and just start going, kill him, kill him, kill him. And they rush Ethan. 